Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. For many, it's a dream to play college football at a major program, earn All-American honors, and then reach the pinnacle by being drafted in the NFL. Well, that was a reality for my next guest, and he covers that amazing journey and more right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody, and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis! Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back! And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Chris Smith. Football might be over, but the NBA, college hoops, and NHL are in full swing. So the only place you should be betting on these sports is betonline.ag. Thinking of picking the Lakers to repeat or love that Dustin Johnson is favored to win the Masters? You need to go to betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, there's the 24-hour online casino as well. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. The University of Florida has eight conference championships, three national titles, and three winners of the coveted Heisman Memorial Trophy. The Gators have had some legendary coaches, but none greater than college football Hall of Famer Steve Spurrier. Not only did the head ball coach win the Heisman and the national championship, they even named a field after him. So what do you do when he knocks on your door and wants you to play for his team? You sign on the dotted line and go on the greatness. One such player did that, and he's my special guest on the show, Ben Troop, first team All-American and All-SEC tight end, plus SEC champion for the University of Florida. Thanks for joining me, Ben. Thanks for having me. All right, coming out of Butler High School in Georgia, you are a prep star All-American and one of the nation's top tight end prospects coming out of the Southeast. What was your recruiting like, and why did you pick the Gators? It was it was brand new for me because uh, Butler High School didn't have a lot of big name uh, Division One prospects coming out. Myself, Isaac West that went to Furman, and uh, Carlos Rogers that went to Auburn. We were like the first big name, you know, recruits uh, from coming from my school. So when I first heard about the recruiting process, I didn't even know did didn't know that I was a recruit as far as like <laughs> being in the recruiting process. So that was that was going to be a little bit different for me, but. It took on a life of itself. I mean, it was it was a gift and a curse. Obviously, a gift because I know I'm going to be able to have an opportunity to uh, to continue my my athletic career at the collegiate level. But a curse because I didn't know how crazy it was. Now, if you ask my mom and dad, they probably got a lot more horror stories than me. But I I I, I picked Florida because at the end of the day, uh, you talk about these rock star coaches now, like you know the Dan Mullins, the Kirby Smarts, the Nick Sabins, the Dabo Sweeney's. It wasn't a bigger name in college football. Then Steve Spurrier, he was recruiting me, and I got recruited by Lou Holtz in South Carolina, Tommy Bowden at Clemson, uh, Billy Donovan, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Jim Donnan uh, at Georgia. And uh, to me, I, I just enjoyed the process because I'm a 17-year-old kid just looking forward to the fact that I had never been on a plane before. I got recruited by North Carolina State, who offered me, the first team offered me a full scholarship. Oh, wow. And I remember my flight left at like 740. And I got to the airport at like 7.30. So that just shows you how ignorant <laughs> I was for flying. Hey, it, it's it your was first crazy, time. Man. I mean, 
Absolutely, absolutely. But I will say that I give a lot of credit to my head coach, David Land, at the time at Butler High School because he made sure that we took our uh, academics seriously because he knew we had athletic talent. We weren't a team that was going to go to the playoffs in Georgia. We weren't a team that was going to be recognized even locally, let alone nationally. Uh, But, uh, man, I just look back on and say to myself, man, I was really, really blessed. I played in the Florida-Georgia High School All-Star game. I actually caught the game-winning uh, two-point conversion from David Green. Oh, went to Georgia. there you go. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I, yeah. Ronnie Brown, who was the second pick in the draft in 2005, was the fullback for that team, that Georgia team. So I, I, I was blessed, man. My, my high school career uh, as a team didn't go well, but individually, I mean, I had some real good times. Yeah, and you got to play with some great players. So you cross enemy lines and head to Gainesville in 2000. In your true freshman year, you start the season ranked ninth in the nation and go into what well, was definitely a brutal schedule, but you beat four top 25 ranked teams on your way to the SEC championship game against 18th ranked Auburn. What was the team's mindset going into that SEC championship game? I mean, I know it's bad, but we was kind of happy that, uh, that we didn't have to deal with Rudy Johnson. You know, Rudy <laughs> Johnson was, I mean, you know, Rudy Johnson was, I think he was SEC offensive player of the year that year. He was incredible. Uh, coming out of Auburn, but uh, I, I think going into that going into that game, you know, Steve Spurrier was one of those type of coaches. He didn't talk about winning a lot. In his mind, we had the players, we had the coaches, we had the game plan. If we went out there and executed, he said we would always give our, ourselves a chance to win, and that's what happened. I mean, it was a back and forth uh, game, and it came down, you know, to like some fourth quarter stops on our behalf. I didn't have much to do with the game outside of cheering for my teammates on the sideline, but I did make sure that that SEC uh, sign they was walking around with. I did, if you can go back to that picture, you see me in the – I think I'm in the left-hand corner with my arms, you know, with my arms up in the air. Didn't contribute that much as a player, but I did But I did get that ring. Hey, all part of the team, yes. Like you said, you go on the Crush Auburn, 28-6, to NAB Florida. They're sixth a conference championship. The Sugar Bowl doesn't go to the Gators' way against Miami, but the Gators do end up the year ranked 10th in the polls. A ten and three record, including seven and one in the SEC, and what a great young nucleus with you, wide receivers Richie Caldwell, Jabbar Gaffney, running back Ernest Graham, and quarterback Rex Grossman. You must have been feeling good about the future of this team. I was, I was. I mean, when I first got there, I actually came in in two thousand with Brock Berlin. He was the he was the best player. He was the number one ranked player. Oh yeah, he highly, got highly Florida. touted. Yeah, got out of Louisiana, got to Florida, like uh, you know. Uh, like in the, you know, uh, they, uh, I think uh, earlier Rowley, but then you had Jesse Perlman. Rex Rose was just—he was just the best of the bunch. You talk about Reese Caldwell, and you talk about uh, Jabbar Gaffney, Taylor Jacobs. I came in with Kelvin Kite and Carlos Perez, and you had you had Ernest Graham and Robert Gillespie and Willie Green. People, people, people be talking about being able to go play at these big time schools, and you forget, no, Florida is still the the best. It's the best uh, state in the country as far as like football talent. And these guys are some of the best in the country. I was blessed to be on that team, but I, I, when I got to practice, I said to myself, "Forget making it to the field on Saturday. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a name for myself Monday through Friday." Well, you did definitely in your sophomore year. You're named the squad's most improved tight end in spring drills. What did you learn the most from fellow tight ends Aaron Walker and Kirk Wells? Just learning how to just learning concepts. The thing about when you get to college is you want to learn what you have to do on the given play. And the thing about you know A Walk and you know Benny Wells, these those guys they understood concepts. And and I just sat back and realized that while my talent level 
may be better than theirs, their football mind was better than me. And I and I had to and I had to learn that, you know, to be a to be a Florida Gator is bigger than just signing the national letter of intent. You got to go out there and prove A Walk was I mean, he did everything they asked him to do. He was a complete tight end because he could block, he could run, he can he could run routes. Turk Wells was more of a receiving tight end, but he'll stick his nose in there. So going into my sophomore year, I really appreciate those guys. I became a better teammate and in the process of becoming a better teammate, I became a better player. Oh, definitely. And we're speaking with Ben Troop, Florida Gators legend. And you and the Gators go 10-2, and two, including a 56-23 to 23 pounding of six-ranked Maryland in the Orange Bowl. You finish the season ranked third in the polls, but then Coach Spurrier heads to the NFL to become the head man at Washington. How shocked were you? Very shocked. Myself and uh, Kenny Parker, I remember this. Just won the Orange Bowl. Spurrier just told us in the locker room, hey, to you to you guys is moving on to the NFL. I wish you nothing but the best of you guys coming back. Look forward to seeing you guys in the spring. So we was that like, was a nice right, conversation. Exactly. Driving up, driving up 75, myself and Kenny Parker from uh, Warner Robins, Georgia. We look at our phone, go to the internet, breaking news. Steve Spurrier signs a five-year, $25 million deal to be the Washington Redskins head coach. I'm like, what's Steve Spurrier? Steve Spurrier senior or Steve Spurrier junior? <laughs> the guy we just left? And, and, and I realized in that moment, that's when I grew up as a young player to understand this is the business of college football. There is no greater uh, resume, you know, resume builder than being the head coach of the University of Florida. There was no better coach at the time in college football than Steve Spurrier. He wanted to do, he wanted to see how he can make it on the, in, the, in the NFL ranks. I mean, but $25 million. I mean, how could he turn that down? And, <laughs> That's and, tough for anybody. Yeah, and I think what happened was uh, Jeremy Foley, obviously a legendary uh, athletic director at, mm-hmm. at uh, Florida, had to go out there and make a decision. And, he, and when he picked Ron Zook, what was crazy about picking Ron Zook, when I first met Ron Zook, we was both thinking the same thing. I'm like, he looking at me like, you know, who are you? I'm looking at him like, who are you? Like, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I know, I know as much about you as you know about me, but I will say this. Steve Spurrier was the coach that I chose. Ron Zook was the coach that I needed. And I wouldn't become the player that I did without either or. Nice. That's big props for Ron Zook. Tell me about the coaching style change from Spurrier to Ron Zook. Spurrier was a, was a, a well-oiled machine. and He already had such an incredible uh, resume from wins and an incredible resume from just what he did. He was an offensive genius that didn't, that didn't throw the ball to the tight end, by the way. I, I mean, I, and I still went down there. Ron Zook was more of a in-your-face, old-school I'm going to be demanding on every single player from the, from, the, from the best player on the roster to the guy that's just trying to go out there and give a good look for the offensive defense to the, to the position coaches, to the trainers, to the equipment men, to the front office people. He was, he was a nut, man. Ron Zook was different because Steve Furry was the dream coach of Florida. Ron Zook, Florida, was his dream job. Now, he didn't end up being the coach that he wanted to be, but – a guy that that's his dream job, he treated he, – the guy was different, man. I mean, he was one of those guys that you hated that you got coached under him, but you understood the method to his madness once you, got, once you left because he was preparing you for more than just football. I couldn't stand Ron Zook, man, me and him. I, I mean, we never had no, no drag out back and forth, you know, type things. But this dude, man, he told us that you think that uh, sleeping is a waste of time because you don't get nothing done. I'm like, what? This, I mean, he, he was – he went, but I will say this: as far as recruiting, he was an incredible recruiter, and as far as like X and O's, he was incredible. 
but it, but the product on the field, like wins and losses, yes, you can win. Yes, it's great that you won, you know, at uh, at Florida State, for which Steve Spurrier did not have a good time, uh, not have a good record at Florida State, but you can't lose at Mississippi State that year and expect to keep his job. Exactly. And we're speaking with Ben Troop, Florida, Georgia Hall of Famer. Well, going into that junior season, one of your big games came in the rivalry game against undefeated fifth-ranked Georgia Bulldogs. What do you remember from that game-winning touchdown in the fourth quarter? I remember I remember the sequence of events that led up to it. Taylor Jacobs and uh, Rex Grossman had a really, really good rapport uh, going into the I mean, just that, that, that whole year. Nobody could really stop those guys. And when Taylor got hurt in the first quarter, it made the whole game plan change. It made it so that they had to feature myself, Aaron Walker, Kelvin Kite, and Carlos Perez. I think that uh, Rex said I think he set the uh, the completion record uh, in that game. I remember that drive. It was it was it was two tight ends, me myself, Aaron Walker, uh, Kite, and uh, and Carlos. That whole drive, we was running these. Uh, they call them choice routes. If obviously if the uh, linebacker was playing me inside, I turn out. If the linebacker playing me outside, I turn in. If they got me inside and out. I just, I just, I just, I just run up and turn around. We was, I was able to have some good catches to extend that drive, and thank God that on the touchdown pass, Thomas Davis, the great Thomas Davis, the that great went on Thomas to have, Davis, and my, the great Thomas Davis that has an incredible, you know, all pro Thomas Davis in the NFL. He did the greatest, uh, you know, a gift to me, or gave me the greatest, uh, you know, uh, leg up in, on that touchdown pass. He stood right in front of me. He came up. And mean mug me. Now most tight ends will not get this type of type of uh, coverage. I was tired. I was huffing and puffing. It was all goals. It was three by one. And right on the snap of the ball, I gave him a swim move. And as soon as I gave him a swim move, Rex just threw up like an alley. He just threw it up to me. I'm six five. I think uh, I think Thomas Davis like six one, six two. And I stuck my long arms out there. And the thing is, I beat Thomas Davis on the play. He still got his hand in there. Like if you, they, somebody, somebody took a picture. The, somebody at the Gainesville Sun took a picture because the very next day they had a picture of me. It looks like I'm looking at the camera. You got three hands on the ball. That's back when everybody had to wear the, the all gray glove. That was the neutral color glove. Sure. You see three gloves. You see my two hands on it, and he still managed to get his paw on there. I just held on for dear life because I was like, if I drop this pass, man, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hear about it forever. And I'm, it looks like I'm looking at the camera, and uh, it all worked out. It was early in the fourth quarter, and our defense played incredible the rest of the game. I didn't know that I was I would be a part of the Florida Georgia game history in that light. But hey, man, I, we, we we put that one loss on Mark Rick and them Georgia Bulldogs schedule kept them boys out of the national championship. And dare I say they haven't? Well, they went to another national championship since, but we kept Ouch. that streak alive of not winning one since 1980. Uh, that's true. You, like you said, you go on to beat Georgia 2013 and end the season 8-5, and five, plus 6-2 and two in the SEC. Your senior season was your breakout party. How special was it to be named team captain? It was, it was humbling. It was humbling because, you know, it, to me, it took me four years to put it all together. As a true freshman, I mean, I was, just a, I was a fish out of water, just, just, just happy to be there, not really knowing what in the world I'm doing. My sophomore year, it was starting to click a little bit. Tyke Tolbert, my position coach, my junior year, really helped me understand that, look, just because you're a part of this team don't make you a part of this team. you got to earn it every single day. He moved on to the NFL, uh, you, know, you know, my senior year, and I had Coach uh, Dwayne Dixon. And uh, being, a, being a captain just means that your teammates like, be, like going out there with you. They like going to practice with you. They like what you bring to the table, and they feel as though you're one of the ones that's going to help lead this team to wherever we're going to get. So being a captain 
was really, really humbling for me because it says more about what you mean to your team than what you actually do on a day-in, day-out basis. Sure, you're a leader. And we're speaking with that leader, Ben Troop, first-team All-American and All-SEC tight end, plus SEC champion for the University of Florida. And your QB for the first three years, Rex Grossman, goes on to be a first-round pick for the Bears. Freshman Chris Leak takes over. What was that adjustment like? It was it was it was fun. It was fun for me because I get to take on more of a leadership role of I had to protect them. I remember Ron Zuck pulling me to the side saying, Look, Ben, you one of my best players, if not my best player. I'm not gonna treat you like my best player because I want the other players to know that I'm not going to accept anything less than your best from you and everybody mm, else. This guy game. is eighteen absolutely. But I understood he wouldn't have told me that if I wasn't ready for that. He says, you're not going to come off the field this year, meaning you're going to play every snap on offense. And, I'll, and, and, and obviously I'm thinking to myself, ain't no freaking way I'm going to be able to do that. But he, he showed me that in practice. So when, 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 uh, when Chris Leak became the starter, we were three and three. We were three and three uh, after six games, headed to LSU, at, you know, uh, and with, a, with an 18-year-old true freshman quarterback, and we went on a five-game we, we, we run. We, we, we beat LSU. On the road, we beat Arkansas on the road. We beat Georgia. We beat South Carolina. And I can't remember who else we had. Uh, and I think, and I, I think Kentucky is somebody during that stretch. But what I remember the most about, about Chris Leak was, man, he had the prettiest football you ever seen. Chris, you could have caught his passes because though, they, were so, they were so nice. But I, but I developed a level of trust. I developed a level of trust with Chris Leak that it showed during South Carolina. He threw me a pass against South Carolina, and when he threw it, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, who is he throwing that to? During the round, I'm thinking, who is he throwing that to? <laughs> because when he, because I'm, I'm, running, I'm running a deep end cut. I'm running like a 10-yard in, 10, 12-yard 10, okay. in. Now, he threw it to a spot. So when he threw it, I'm thinking, there go three South Carolina game clocks. The two, the two stages and the corners converging. And when I realized, wait a minute. He's throwing that to me. All this is happening during the play. I caught it, managed to come out of the tackle, and and obviously when I get back to the huddle, we had this uh, we had this body language. I'm giving him this look like, what the hell is you doing, Chris? <laughs> but but at the same time, I appreciate the fact that I earned his. Because what people don't realize is I'm 21 years old. He's he's 18 years old. I still had to earn his trust. It doesn't matter that I'm that I'm the veteran. I had to earn his trust to be able to let him know that bigger than being a safety valve. I heard Chris say, "I just think that my guy's better than the other guys. If he's being true, I, I, I'm gonna throw it up to him." And and I think I gained his trust a lot before that. We played Miami like the second game of the season or something like that. The great Sean Taylor, man, he rest in peace, is out there safety. Amen. And I said, "Hey, Chris, man, they're not covering me on the corner. They're not covering me on the corner." So when Chris finally decides to throw it, well, they cover me now. So when he threw it, once again, I'm like, who was he throwing that to? So you're talking about making the decision. Sean Taylor is coming. So I'm like, hmm. We all, that's when ABC Sports had the primetime game. Lynn Swan, the great Lynn Swan oh, was a yeah. freaking commentator. He came up to me, came up to me before. Lynn Swan comes up to me before the game and said, hey, Ben. I said, you Lynn Swan. I said, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, you, I said you Lynn Swan. He goes, I hope I am. He says, you being true, right? I said, yes, sir. He says, man, I love your game. I like what you're doing. Looking forward to watching you play. Those are the type of things that I wow. remember the most about my senior year. Chris throws up the corner route, throws the corner, 
I jump up in the air. I said, all right, this is going to be 50-50. I'm going to throw, I'm going to jump. I'm this one's jump. from Lynn Swan. He's going to be real good and real bad. I came down with the, I came down with the catch, right? I made it more dramatic than it had to be. I come to the sideline, runs, look, says, just run through the catch. Stop doing all that crazy stuff. But, uh, man, my, Chris Leak, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the career he ended up having. And I would like to say that he got to grow up as a true freshman because he went through the bumps and bruises. And while Tim Tebow obviously went on to be the poster child at the quarterback position and, and obviously Kyle Trask, you know, had a Heisman candidate season, I would still say when, we, when people talking about some of the best quarterbacks to come through there, I'm blessed enough to say I got to play with two of the best of them in Rex Grossman and, uh, and Chris Lee. Yeah, I've heard that from other people about Chris Leak. And it's amazing how much is going on during a play as you're talking about some of those plays you made. It's just unbelievable. Is it all going in slow motion at the time? It, it is once you know what you're doing. Like, until you know what you're doing, the game is happening so fast. But once you know where you're supposed to be, you know, and being there when you're supposed to be there, also while also knowing – you know, because people don't understand what goes into one play. You got to know the down and distance. Okay, got it. You got to know the situation. Okay, got it. You got to anticipate the blitz. Okay, got it. Then they got. Then I got to focus once they snap the ball. Then I got to execute. Then I got to finish. All these things going. If I can do, if I can process all that data, and let my talent take over once I do my assignment, that's when football. It's easy because if I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I know what my defender's trying to do to me, you, I got you then because. Then it's my talent versus your talent. But if I don't know what I'm doing, I don't. Then everything else is in reverse. I don't know the down the distance. I don't know the situation. I don't know what the what the, what the defense is trying to do. Oh, they coming off the blitz. Oh, Ben, you the hot. Oh, I didn't turn around. Oh, the ball got tipped. It's a, it's a lot of things for me. It took me four years to get to the point where I can look at any defense, any player, whether it's Thomas Davis, David Pollock. Dante Robinson, Sean, you know, uh, Sean Taylor and say, you're, you, I can't let you cover me and stop me because with 50, with 50, 53 and a half yards of grass and a, uh, wide and 100 yards long, there is no way you're going to be able to stop me as far as like getting to my spot. And I, I did a pretty good job of that when my number was called, but it took me four years to get to that mindset. Yeah, so much the process. I love that. We're speaking with Ben Troop, Florida Gators legend. And like you said, you rip off five straight wins, three against top-ranked teams that season. And one of those was against fourth-ranked Georgia at that time, where you came up huge with a 21-yard reception on the final offensive drive of the game that led to a game-winning field goal in the final minute. Now, we know college football is filled with rival games. You beat Georgia all four years in the world's largest cocktail party. How special is that game? It's, it's, it's the greatest. It's the greatest. Uh, I remember uh, 2015, I was, I was coming from doing a speaking engagement. I think at the University of Tennessee, I was working with the NFL, to the NFL college, uh, college ambassadors uh, at the time. And, and, and uh, Jabbar Gaffney and Chris Lee got inducted into the Florida-Georgia Game Hall of Fame. Now, number one, I did not know that game had a Hall of Fame. I didn't know that until then. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Uh, and I, so I reached out, to, you know, I, I, you know I, I told Jabbar and, uh, you know, Chris, like, congratulations. So I reached out to the Florida Georgia game, you know, uh, committee, and I said, "Hey, listen, um, if my name ever come up, man, because I'm I'm not I don't care about I'm not big on accolades. I don't care. I, I I'll take them, but that's not why I played. I reached out to the committee and say, hey, I think that's pretty cool, man. If my name ever come up, man, I would love to be inducted. They they reached back out to me and said, Ben, if your name ever come up, you you gonna be in there. Now, mind you, I'm thinking." Okay, because I, I got some friends that can that, that is really really good at pranking me. So I'm like, all right, well, whoever, whoever <laughs> don't tell them prior. This, I appreciate it. 
Yeah, so you fast forward to 2016, and, and once again, I'm coming from another engagement. And, and this time, they reached out to me, hey, Ben, true, congratulations. You just got inducted into the 2016 class of the Florida Georgia Game Hall of Fame. And I'm like, man, stop playing with me, man. Like, I'm not playing with you. <laughs> and growing up in the state of Georgia, I represent the great state of Georgia for high school football, but I represent the great state of Florida, you know, as far as like the University of Florida for college football. And I don't take nothing away from Michigan, Ohio State, or Army, Navy, or, you know, Alabama, you know what I'm saying, Auburn, or Texas, Oklahoma. There is nothing like Florida, Georgia, because you got two states that already think that they wish they didn't border each other. You got two fan bases that think one fan base is, is the Antichrist. It's just, <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And to know I never lost to them, but I played against some of the best teams they ever had. I mean, Quincy Carter was the quarterback my freshman year. Uh, David Green and, uh, you know, DJ Shockley was the, was the quarterback. Uh, my, you know, my, you know, my, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, uh, I, saw, I saw Gus Scott, a Jacksonville native, catch a pick six in that 2003, I mean, in that 2002 game that I had the game with a touchdown pass. I saw Lito Shepard, another Jacksonville native, catch a big pick, you know, in, in the freshman. So to know that with the David Pollocks and the Hendrell Bells and the Marcus Strauss and the Richard Seymours, I'm a Florida Georgia game Hall of Famer. I never lost to him, man. Man, my life is grand, man. So when I come up to them Georgia fans now, I said, when I said, listen, ask David Pollock what happened when he played against the teams I was on. I can't worry about 2004 because I because I, I got drafted in the two thousand, but 2000 to 2003, loss, 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 loss. So wow. I don't, I don't. So you tell Jake Fromm and Aaron Murray and all those boys that that when it comes to them Florida boys and I was there, we didn't lose to them boys from Athens. Absolutely. And we're speaking with Ben Troop, Florida, Georgia Hall of Famer. And uh, another game you had a great performance was against Florida State. You notched 121 yards in the final regular season game, just one yard short of tying the school record for most yards in a game by a tight end. Could you appreciate that feat even in a loss? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it was bittersweet, obviously, because you wanted you wanted to win the game. Sure. But I, I think that I think that I put it all together as far as like a receiving game because I think I got covered by a different player on every catch. My first catch, I think, was against, uh, I want to say, not Asante Sam. I can't think of his name uh, right now. He was a best cornerback at the time. And then, and then my second catch, my second catch was, uh, was uh, we, we ran, oh, my God, we ran, we ran, we ran the throwback to the quarterback. We were, so we we out there like we out and we call it like the diamond. I'm I'm, I'm I set the diamond with the two receivers behind me and our uh, Andre Caldwell, the brother of Reese Caldwell. We get the we get it and we throw it straight to Reese. Kevin Kite runs a deep post to the other side, so they think, oh, it's going to be the double pass. Sure. And mind you, we throw the ball back to Chris Lee. Now, now when the play came in, we all thinking, what? <laughs> like we going to do this? We drew this one up in the dirt. <laughs> but, You're going to use this one but now. The thing is, the thing. Oh my God! It was, it was crazy. It, when it came when it came in, we looking at the sideline like Zombrecker, you serious? Like yes. So when they did it, it's all about patience. We didn't we, we didn't show it throughout the course of the year. They threw it back to Chris Lee. The crowd went crazy, and Chris forgot that he was a quarterback. Chris running down the field, all the blockers hit the red. I said, Chris, why don't you run back where the traffic was? You almost got your head knocked off. But he but but it was a great play. So the very next play. Michael Bullware, the, the younger brother of Peter Bullware, you know, Peter Bullware was a great defensive end for Absolutely. the freaking Ravens, 2000 Ravens. I get his younger brother. 
it's me and him on one side of the field. I'm saying to myself, Mike, I love you, man, but ain't no way <laughs> in hell you finna cover me on this Apologize play. Apologize so later. It, it was one of those play. It was one of those plays to where I beat him off the line. So I, I so I got to go to the corner. As soon as I stuck and went to the corner, I'm wide open. But I but I did it so fast that it messed up the timing between me and Chris. So when Chris threw it, oh my God. Chris, I look, I look over, so I'm on the right side, so I'm looking over my right shoulder. I, I, see, I look up, and all I see is the Gainesville sky. I do not see the football. I do not see it. So I'm like, what in the world? I promise you, this is why luck is a part of football. I look to the right, and I don't see nothing. I swing my head back to the left, and I literally throw my arms out, and the ball hit my hand and stuck. Instinct. I mean, it just – and it looks like now, you know, I'm going to act like, oh, yeah, man, I'm playing it the whole time. No, <laughs> had that, no, had no, that no. all the way. Exactly. And the thing was, that's what I mean when I say I play football because I, I play football from a fear of not wanting to let my teammates down. And that play, that play had a lot to do with it. Now, I, I caught two touchdown passes that game, and I thought my second was the game winner. But during that game, I dropped one. I dropped the touchdown pass. Uh, and I just laid on the ground, and, and while I'm laying on the ground, I'm thinking to myself, God, please give me another chance to redeem myself. Mm-hmm. And I thought I did, but Chris Ricks, man, threw up a freaking prayer to P.K. Sam, and that's what we called that thing. But what I appreciated about that game was the fight that my, that my teammates showed, that I gave it all I had in that post-game press conference. We was in the, they was asking me questions, and they was asking me about Gus Scott, who gave up the touchdown pass to P.K. Sam, which is funny about that. That 2004, Gus got drafted in the third round to the freaking uh to the freaking uh New England Patriots, and freaking PK got drafted in the fourth round to the freaking Patriots. Uh, and they was roommates. <laughs> package <laughs> so, deal. But uh oh yeah, so I I I just remember saying in the post game press conference they were talking about Gus. I said, listen, Gus is the most instinctual football player that I've ever had to, had the pleasure of playing with, and that's throughout football. And I said, if I got a safety. If I only get to pick one safety on my team, I'm picking Gus. Because I said, man, I'm not gonna judge a player, uh, you know, based off of one, you know, yep, one mistake one or one bad play. But yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, my senior year was the, was the greatest for me, not because of the season that I had, was because I finally put it all together. I finally was able to 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 say, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a Florida Gator you know, as a contributor and not just, you know, because I get to wear Florida on my chest. And I, and I think in that moment, while the name on my back was bigger than the Florida Gator, the Florida Gator symbol on my front, I finally earned that emblem, you know, uh, my senior year. Fantastic. We're talking with Ben Troop, first team All-American, all SEC tight end, plus SEC champion for the University of Florida. Well, the team ends that year eight and five, six and two in the SEC and nationally ranked. And I know you don't like accolades, but we're going to go through a couple of them right now. You finish your final season tied for most receptions, touchdowns, and led the team in receiving yards. Plus, the first tight end to lead Florida in TD reception since 1980. You're named first team All American, All SEC, plus one of the three finalists for the Mackey Award. What do you remember most about your days in the orange and blue? What I remember the most, what I what I'm going to remember the most about my days in the Orange and Blue is is the players, man. Like I played with Rex Grossman and, and Jesse Palmer, and, and and you know, and I got to play with Chris Lee. I got to play with Ernest Graham and Robert Gillespie and Theatric Faison, and you know, uh, I mean, uh, Deshaun Wynn. I got to play with, you know, our big three. You know, cause the big three back in the day was Quez and, 
and Ike and Redale. We had oh, Jabbar yeah. and Riche and Taylor Jacobs and Carlos Perez and Kelvin Tight. And I got to play with I got to play with both Caldwells. I got to play with Alex Brown, Lito Shepard. I got to you know I got to play with some of the best players to ever come through there. But my greatest memory is I wasn't afraid to compete because what people don't understand. Some of the best competition you ever gonna go up against is right there on your own team every single freaking day. Yeah, you, they named, called you our named a few field. of them right there. Absolutely, they called our practice field the proving ground. Ooh, I like. That. I don't care what you said you can do or how you can do. Prove it to me. And I walk. I came into Florida. I came into Florida a no name. Like people are like yeah, being true. All right, I walked out of there and said, okay, you being true. I I appreciate the work it took. To get there, because I was always told when you good at something, you tell people. When you great at something, they tell you. And I appreciated the fact that here it is, 2021, and they said, oh, man, when I see Kyle Pitts, it reminds me of Ben Troop. Now, our games do not compare, but I appreciate the fact that they gave him 84 because they remember that they had a tight end here that wore 84 that was pretty good. That's what that, So my time in Florida – will be remembered because I put in the work and my teammates brought out a, a, a part of me that I didn't even know I had. I mean, I heard Kiwan Ratliff right before the Georgia game, my senior year. They said, how do you prepare for a being wise? They go, we got being Troop every day. What you talking about? What? Like, <laughs> nice. I appreciate That's that. That's the biggest compliment. I appreciate yeah, I appreciate the fact that Mark Ritz said, what you looking forward to the 2004 being Troop going to the NFL. I can appreciate that. That's what I appreciate the most, that the great Mickey Andrews, the greatest defensive coordinator to ever coach at Florida State, Mickey Andrews, who coached Deion Sanders, by the way, said, oh, yeah. came up to me after the game and said, you know, I put a picture up of you in our meeting room and said, we got to stop this guy. Wow. And, and you proved me wrong again. He said, we got to win. But he says, just, he says, <laughs> He says, uh, he says uh, just because we won the game don't mean we won the battle. Well, we lost the battle with you. We just won the war. And I and I appreciate mm. that aspect of things being remembered by some of the greatest players, coaches, teammates. So, yeah, man, my, my greatest memory of the Florida Gators is when I made the right decision in 2002. Don't, I think Florida is the greatest place to play in the country. I don't care what Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State is doing. And three, name me, name me a better atmosphere in the world. I mean, we, we, got, we got a tradition down there, man, that, that compares that, – that, that compares you know, to some of the greatest, you know, uh, to ever do it. And I heard John Gruden say it when he was, when he was on the, you know, when he was working down at the Fire Footballs Coach Association. He told Florida, y'all, y'all one of the biggest brands on the planet. Respect that. So I respect, I respect the brand. I respect the standard. And I, and I, and I can, and I, and I'm humbled by the fact that when people talk about the tight end position at the University of Florida, I hope my name definitely comes up. Yeah. Well, the words that everybody said about you are much bigger than any of the awards. That's for sure. And let's talk about your coach, Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, Steve Spurrier. What do people not know about the head ball coach? How funny he is. He's really – and how down to earth he is. Like, you know, you only get you only get snapshots of him, you know, three hours a week, you know, on the sidelines. He's animated. Yeah, he's animated. And and, and he's going to have to need – he's going to need a, that second headset is, is the only one going to make it because that first one is done. It's over with. That's, that's not going to make it. But – Post Furrier had a, had a had a canny and unique ability to find a way to have an individual personal relationship with every single player on the team. Now it's not the same, but he found a way. Like Post Furrier didn't call me Ben; he called me Benny because that's what my family called me. 
And I wasn't a player that helped his legacy. I mean, I, I ain't even catch the ball. But now that I'm a part of the media, and when he sees me, he'll call me Benny. He'll say, yeah, Benny played for me. Like, to, you know, he, he's a guy that cares about you past the football field. Made it and like a family. Me being a, absolutely. I mean, I was at SEC Media Days uh, in 2019, and uh, Tim McClain, the SID, the Sports Information Director, now, Steve Furrier said, I am not here to do media. He's on Radio Row. He, he's walking down Radio Row, telling everybody on Radio Row, I'm not doing media. That, that's Steve Don't Furrier. I'm not me. doing it. I come out the bathroom. Steve, Tim McClain looks at me. Tim McClain looks at me. He says, hey, Benny, you want to do an interview? And I'm like, but I thought he said he wasn't doing it. He said he'll do it for you. Ooh, there you and go. he did it for me. Nice. And he sat down with me for about five minutes. And I saw him at the Florida-Georgia game. I, 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 Western Kentucky played Georgia State in the Cure Bowl like three years ago. And his son was the – his Steve Murray Sr. – I mean, Junior was the uh, – he was the offensive corner for West, West Kentucky. And I went out on the field, and he took pictures with me. I mean, Furrier is – listen, Furrier is ahead of his time. He's a media darling. He's a soundbite guru. But – I think I think as great as a coach he is, but I think he's an even greater of a man because he lets us know that listen, none of y'all ain't gonna reach the heights that I've reached. So let me let you know that I'm a person. If I can show you that football is not my end all be all, hopefully it won't become your end all be all. It's just a part of you, it's not all of you. I think I think that's what people don't know about it. That's fantastic. And we're speaking with Ben Troop, Florida, Georgia Hall of Famer. And Spurrier is credited with the nickname The Swamp. Tell me about the fans and playing at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's hard to describe because, obviously, I'm biased because I feel as though our stadium is the best stadium out there. But I will say that uh, my mom, my, uh, my senior year, uh, we played Florida State, and uh, he won Rattlers. No, no, Gus Scott uh, had, a, had, a, had a sack fumble against Chris Rick. He won Rattlers. Picks up the fumble. It takes it in, runs it in like a seventy-yard touchdown. Sure. Fumble recovery, a touchdown. My mom has, my mom has my little sister. My little sister's like one or two or something. She wasn't that old. And uh, my mom says she had earmuffs on. She said it was so loud in there <laughs> that my that my mom my mom is you know she's sitting on my mom's lap and her body is shaking like it's so loud that her body is just trembling from the noise. It's it's. It's hard to describe. I mean, I was at, man, my junior year, we played, we were the number one team in the country my junior year at Auburn, and we lost by a field goal. They beat us. We were the number one team in the country. They beat us. We, fast forward to my junior year, we, it's, it's, it's tied again. They finna beat us by a field goal. Now, my junior year, if we would have blocked that kick, we would have went to overtime and probably won. But we number one team in the country. We feeling ourselves, and we lost. My junior year, we not as good as a team. Bronze looks first year. Man, I remember they called a whole team to the side. They called a whole team to the, to, you know, on the sideline. They said, hey, they said, field goal block team. Man, we finna block this kid. And instead of doing it just a field goal block team, they, they got all, you know, 85, 100 of us. And we believed. Chris, 90,000 people, you couldn't hear a pin drop. They wow. snapped the ball. There, there's, it's, 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 it's quiet. I mean, it's quiet, quiet. They snapped the ball. They, 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 they said that they snap. The kid goes up, block, man, man. Bobby McCray got his big palm up there. And just how quiet it was, man, it was, it was, it was bedlam. It was crazy. Deafening. And to me, and to me, that's what makes the swamp the swamp is 
it once it gets rowdy, once you hear that, mm-hmm. it, that's it. Mike, Mike Cuba, come over the last. It's the greatest thing in the world because we got a blue gate. So when they let us out, they got a blue gate that opens up. They'll say swan. They'll, they'll say the swan. Well, only gators come out alive. Look, I used to tell, I used to tell certain teams. I said, listen, man, y'all boys don't take this personal, but y'all about to get the hell beat out y'all. I'm telling you. I'm <laughs> By telling us and you, the fans. Absolutely. And, 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 and we do the, obviously we do the We Are The Boys. We got Mr. Two Bits. May he rest in peace. Uh, I've never got asked to be Mr. Two Bits, which I'm waiting to get my, I'm waiting to get, I got, I'm, I'm waiting, I, I'm waiting to get my slacks and my little yellow, my little yellow button up. One bitch, two bits. Would you do it? Dollar. Would you do but, it if you uh, get a chance? I, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, I think that's the greatest badge of honor that that you can have. I mean, I've seen somebody, I've seen Titus O'Neal do it and Percy Harvin do it. You know, I've seen a lot of guys get out there and do it. I've seen Steve Spurrier do it. See, the great Steve Spurrier is Mr. Two-Bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I think that, I think the thing about the Swamp is, it's one of those things where you say, oh, man, I've heard so much about this place. I hope it can live up to the billing. Oh, it's going to supersede expectations. And like I said, man, I mean, when I caught that touchdown pass against Florida State, it was so loud. Like, it was so loud. And the thing is, it could just keep on going up. I ain't taking nothing away from the 12th man out there in Seattle. And I know that they call themselves the 12th man over there at College Station with Texas A&M. Please, we don't need to have 150,000 at Tennessee. We the loudest stadium out there. And anybody that got something to say about it, they can at me. Because I'm telling you, we, we nice, man. And plus, I hear about some of the guys I played against. They always say, man, they said, hey, dude, it's nothing wrong with y'all fans. I said, yeah, you had on the wrong colors. That's what's <laughs> wrong with us. You wearing the wrong colors, baby. We're, we ain't here to show no hospitality. We roll like the red carpet to the fans, the coaches, the players, and the alumni. You are the enemy, and that's what we treat you like. Well, I've had the opportunity to go there, and let me tell you, you are painting the picture perfectly. And then you go on to be drafted in the second round at the 40th pick by the Titans. How was draft night? It was uh it was it was uh, it was incredible. I was sitting it's, it's funny, I was sitting in a room in Swainsboro with like every major uh news outlet in in Augusta, Georgia sitting in the room with me. And uh the pastor of my church, Pastor Christine Peoples from uh Victor Timber Church, I, she let me use her cell phone because I said everybody in my mama gonna be calling my cell phone. <laughs> and and this is why this is why I love and not hate. I love and I I have a love hate relationship with Ben Watson from Georgia. Okay. The thirty second pick come. They say with the 32nd pick in the 2004 NFL draft, the New England Patriots select Benjamin. I'm like, what? Watson. I'm like, what? Benjamin Watson from Georgia. And and I remember just being disappointed. Not for not for not not for being white. I was happy for being Watson, but everybody thinks they're going first round. Sure. But I remember my I remember my agent telling me something. He says, Ben, this is what I know. He says, You will not go higher than 20. And you will not go lower than forty. And I'm thinking about now. I forget all about this in the process. I want to get drafted because sure. and there's so I much said, time in between I picks. Said, all the cameras are on you. Absolutely. So then I remember the 39th pick came off. You know, 39th pick, and then here come the 40th pick. I get I get a call. My phone rings. The camera people get there. It's six one five area code. Now they wasn't telling. Now now your phone to tell you. You know what 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 state the area code is. It wasn't doing that then. So I go hello. He goes, hey, he's like, is this Ben? I mean, yes, sir. He goes, uh, this is Jeff Fisher for the Tennessee Titans. He's always saying, he said, you ready? He said, you ready to be a Titan? I go, yes, sir. He goes, hold on. Somebody got to get. That's it. It wasn't no, it wasn't no theatrics. <laughs> that was the extent. It wasn't no, you know, and I'm like, what? And, you know, they because I had to, I had to get on a plane 
the next day to come up there do my uh, do my introductory uh, press conference. But I just remember it being I, I, I finally can go. So this is happening before the actual ne- voice shows my name on the screen. So I come out the room. I say, "Your boy gonna be a titan," and people don't really know how to react. So then it came, and you know, you see it. It pops up on the bottom, and yeah, it was Chris, a delay. in that moment, you. Oh my God, man! It was the best. Isaac West, my my teammate from high school, drove from Augusta with his sister Maya to be at my draft party. That's back when the phones used to roam and wasn't no GPS. Now you got to know where you're going. And I just remember Isaac coming, and I and I, that was one of the most humbling things to know that my teammate thought enough of me to be there for me because you know we. Oh, and the, and the funny thing about him going to Furman, Eagle Martin, who was at Florida, became the quarterback at Furman to throw it. So he was he threw to me and freaking Isaac, and I just that that day was the best, Chris, because I, I just saw how happy my family was to me, how happy my mom and dad and brothers and sisters and, and cousins and and, the aunts, and I and I just remember here it is. I'm just a country boy from Plainsboro, and I said. I wanted to be the first guy drafted from the team I came from, and I wanted to be the first guy drafted to the team I went to, and I did both because Kewan Rattler went not too far after me, then, then uh, Max Starks went the third round, Gus Scott went the third round, and uh, Bobby McCray, I think, went in the seventh round. But it's, a, it's, a, it's to know that out of everybody in the country, I was the 40th pick out of 250-some guys where most guys ain't going to get drafted, man. It was, it, it, it was hum- it's humbling now, and it was humbling back then. What an honor, and we're talking with Ben Troop. First-team All-American, All-SEC tight end, plus SEC champion for the University of Florida. 40 was good for you because you got to play with the likes of Steve McNair, Lendell White, Aaron Kenny, a former Gator. That was a heck of a team. Who in the locker room, though, bragged the most about their former college team? Oh, oh my God. That's easy. Both gave it in, uh, in, uh, in our venture. They bragged about Texas all the time. <laughs> they, they, all oh, the, the time. Longhorns uh, Bo Scaife uh, and uh, Vince Young from Texas. They 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 bragged about Texas all the time. Now Lindell bragged about uh, he bragged about uh, USC all the time. But I, it's funny. Jeff uh, Fisher used to always talk trash when Florida played Florida State. He always thought Florida State was going to be Florida. And one time he bet and we beat him. Matter of fact, in 2004, we beat him or whatever, and you know he was, you know, he forgot he made a little wage. I said, "Don't forget about that money, though." You were talking a lot of trash. <laughs> Bring it with you. You better come off that money. Yeah, but I, I, I just what I remember the most about about the Titans. I mean, I got to play with Kevin Carter, Samari Rowe, uh, Pac Man Jones, Wow, uh, Keith Bullock. Uh, you know, man, I, man, uh, I got to play with uh, Kerry Collard. Good lord. I said, Kerry, you 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 was in the Super Bowl in two thousand. He said, Where was you at? I was like, I was graduating. I was high a freshman in two thousand. <laughs> yeah, I, I but 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 uh, you know the likes of you know I got to play with uh, uh Eric Moles that played the freaking Buffalo. I got to play with him. I mean, it was I got to play with some players, man. And the one thing I appreciate the most was my career with the Titans does not even have even a smidgen of having any type of success or anything without Aaron Kenny. Aaron Kenny mm. is the first guy I met when I came in the building. Now, Aaron Kenny, number 88, the guy whose job I was supposed to be coming to take, gave me his cell phone number and welcomed me in. He never, ever treated me like an enemy. He, wow. I learned how to be a great man. I learned how to be a great teammate, and I learned how to be a halfway decent player because of EK. Because he was a complete tight end. He, he, he brought me under his wing. And he showed me the ropes. He welcomed me into his family, his wife, Julie, 
and it, you know, and Elijah and Siana, his he had two kids at the time, and that's very, very important in the NFL. You need somebody to show you the ropes. You need somebody to show you how to be a pro. Just because I got drafted, it makes me a pro. That don't make me a professional. Uh-uh. The exactly. two are very, very different. So I got to learn the ropes. Keith Bullock was the teammate I needed because Keith Bullock is the one that let me know that every day in football is an audition when you're a pro. You are auditioning Monday through Friday to, to be in the show on Sunday. You showing them coaches. Hey man, when it comes to when it comes to this production on Sunday, we got to have this guy a part of this production. You see what he did during the week? You can't drop every pass during the week and expect them to throw you the ball on Sunday. No, the, the practice day is the game day, and I and I've had some great examples, man. Keith Bullock and Kevin Carter, and but no greater teammate. The best teammate I had, the best teammate I had, the person I needed was Aaron Kenny. A person that showed me how to be a great teammate was the guy that I got drafted with. His name was Ben Hartstock out of Ohio. He was on the Ohio State team sure. that beat Miami in, in that Fiesta Bowl. He got drafted in the third round in 2004. He, he didn't, they didn't have a place for him over there with the Colts because they got guys like Dallas Clark, Mr. Nowhere Gloves, and, and you can't cover him. So they brought him over to the Titans. And, and at first, I was looking at him, looking at him as an enemy. Because, oh, he's the guy that's going to come over here and play more than me. But in the process of talking to him and just, you know, just fellowshipping with him, I got a chance to learn how to be a great teammate. My fourth year in the NFL, I didn't play a lot on offense, but I played on every special teams. And I got a chance to play in the freaking uh, – I got a chance to start in the freaking playoffs against LaDainian Thomason and Phillip Rivers and, and the San Diego Chargers. And I, and, wow. and I would not have been ready for that moment if my mindset wouldn't have changed because of being hardstock, because the same thing he went through in Indy is the same thing I was going through in Tennessee. But sure. instead of him letting his bitterness bring the Indy, man, we became real, real good friends, man. He's a part of the media now, and we've had a chance to get fellowship. So yeah, man, I learned, I learned how to be a, I learned how to be a great teammate, man, when I was with the Titans, man. Because Prince, at the end of the day, like I said, ain't nobody gonna remember the Pro Bowls or the Super Bowls. They gonna remember the moments. My rookie year as a on, on Christmas Day. I caught one pass against the Denver Broncos, and I jumped over Camp Bailey. That's the only pass I caught the whole game. That's a good highlight reel. over Camp Bailey. And, 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 and listen, and when I came back by him, right, I kind of slapped him on the butt when I ran by him. He said, he said, you effing Gator, I get so sick of y'all. <laughs> and I just, and I, so yeah, man, I, I got some memories in my lifetime, man, but that's one of the best ones. But uh, I'm indebted to them teammates, man, Jeff Fisher. You know, uh, you know, and uh, I, I, I just think that, you know, I got coached by, by freaking John Gruden when I was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got to play for Lane Kiffin when I was with the Oakland Raiders. I got to play with Jamarcus Russell, you know, Nandi Osimowat, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, Chris Hovan, uh, Ward Dunn, Stars. Uh, uh, Jeff Garcia, Brian Greasy. I ain't got no worries, man. I, I've, 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 I got, I called a touchdown pass against Troy Palomalo, Brian Dawkins. Wow. You know, like I ain't, I ain't my last touchdown pass in the NFL. I ain't have a bunch of them. Once again, Brian Dawkins. I caught a touch. I caught the first touchdown pass of the 2005 season at Heinz Field against Troy Palomalo. And when my and when my towel came out, my uh, when my towel came out, and somebody stepped on it. Troy Palomalo, don't talk. By the way, he <laughs> said, "This is what he said." He said, "He said, hey Ben Troop, you might not want to use this towel. Somebody stepped on it." And then after that, he went back to, to knocking people out like he did. So, hey man, I. I I got I got too many great memories, man, and hey, I just you know I 
It's the best. I, I, you know, I, I mean, so when I look back on my career, Chris, I say to myself, look, was I a good player? I was all right. Was I a great teammate? Hell yeah. I was one of the greatest teammates you ever seen because that's what football is. Football is not tennis. It's not golf. It's a team sport. I am one of 11 every single play. And it was my job to make sure that I did my part. And I had some great teammates to show me how to do that stuff along the way. And I get to interview some of those guys now to have them on my show. But, uh, Chris, like I said, man, my life is my life is a dream, man. I mean, I, I got the I got the plan in the NFL. I'm a country boy. I grew up in Georgia, played college football in Florida, got drafted by Tennessee, spent a, had a cup of coffee, you know, with Tampa Bay, had, had got to, got to be in the Bay Area, and I came away with no torn ACLs, MCLs, PCLs. But I guess my mind is okay. You know, my kids might have something different to say about that. <laughs> but I mean, hey, man, we and just and just enjoy and just enjoying this ride, man. Being able to still be able to be recognized. When I ain't played football in like what, well over like well over twelve, thirteen years, I got to college twenty one years ago. Woo. It's a blessing, man. Yes, it is. And it sounds like you really got in with a family in the college ranks and then also in the NFL. All right. It's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go three and out with Ben Troop. Three letter questions to close out the interview. Now you're on the mic co-hosting on ESPN Coastal. Let me tell you, you guys do a great job. Did that just come natural for you? It didn't. It didn't. Um, what happened was with me, I I always had a good rapport with the media. Always. I always felt as though the media was just an extension of the player. It was it was it was the medium between the players and and, and the public. So I never ever looked at at the media as the enemy. Oh, they saying, you know, un, you know, uh, unfavorable things about me. I did have a radio show two years with Eric Kenny. It was called Hang Tight with Eric Kenny and Ben Truby used to do it uh, at like YMCA's and different fire departments because Eric Kenny is a fireman. Like he was a, he was a fireman while in the NFL. Wow. And he's a, he's a fire chief now in Boston. They said it was a funny story that Jeff Fisher House had a little fire. And when he looked up on the roof, it was Eric Kenny up there waving at like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I started taking radio serious. Um, once I got out of the NFL and, uh, and uh, BJ Bennett, who I'm on the show with, uh, other co-hosts with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Kevin Thomas, I always say this. I don't believe, I don't believe you, pick, you, pick, you, pick, you pick careers. But when it comes to what you built to do, it picks you. It just depends on how it's presented to you. So DJ Bennett presented radio to me in a way that I had never seen before. And he's a country boy like me. And he loves college football like me. He's easygoing like me. And when I saw him do it, I, 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 that's when the love started. And I started, I started doing all these cameos. I would go on BJ's show, and I would be on ESPN uh, Gainesville. I would be on CBS uh, you know, uh, you know, Huntsville. I would be on the new, the Newey Scrubs show. He used to be on NBC Sports Radio and the Dan Sportsman Show. And what happened was, I'm learning how to. I'm learning the craft. I'm not one of those people that think that because of what I've done, it grants me an opportunity to be in radio. No, because radio is a craft. And over the years, I would come on with BJ and Kevin every every Wednesday. It used to be BJ, Bennett, uh, uh, Kevin Thomas, and Matt Osborne. It was three and out before I came on there. But the greatest thing about it, me and BJ developed a friendship, a.k.a. he could tell me, hey, man, you sucked on the radio today. Mm. Like, like, and that's what I needed. I needed somebody to tell me you're not doing good. So they taught me how to market myself. That's how I end up on other, all these other shows. And I know, Chris, just like you know, if you're good 
as a guest, they'll bring you on anytime because they ain't wasting that segment. And um, over time, you know, uh, a spot opened up, and uh, I moved back to Georgia, and uh, and I and I told and BJ said, "Hey man, Matt Osborne is moving on to to do ministry. If you want, if you if you want to do it, we here." And I and I came on so much that all they had to do was introduce it. I was on every day because it felt like I came on every Wednesday. People thought I already worked there, and uh, <laughs> it's a blessing. It's well, a, it, it's it's a blessing. It's a blessing because. I walked away from the limelight because I never cared about the limelight, but, but, but God allowed me to come back into this limelight, but as a public figure, but doing it but now, but now I'm the one asking the questions when I used to be the one answering them, but it's fun, man. I've interviewed Kirby Smart and, you know, Gene Chizik and Bill Goldberg and I mean, Marcellus Wiley and it's, 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 it's taking me, it's taking me places and giving me opportunities that I never thought possible, but it keeps me in the game. But it also lets me know I'm happy that I'm that I'm a has been. People are like, hey, you want to go back to football? No, I'm, I, I get sick of people like like Jason Witten and Greg Olson who will never <laughs> stop going playing because they think that we all want to do. I don't want to do that, man. I'm a, I'm a couch potato. I sit on, I watch my TV and say what I would have done if I was in that situation. No, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. All right, well, everybody's got to check it out. It is fantastic. It's on ESPNCoastal.com. You can check it out on there. And what is the full Mister Two Bits routine? Let's let's hear an audition. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, one bit, one bit, two bits, three bits. Wait, 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 wait. wait one bits, two bits, four bits, a dollar, all for the Gators. Stand up and holler. I, I might have got the no, bits wrong. You got it. You got it. You got it. But but, I, you might, but I will say this. Now I will say this, Chris. I never said this. When I first got to Florida, I didn't know about the tradition. So at first, I used to be like, "Who? Yeah, what is the time? Weird little white the... man with the, with the shirt on." <laughs> You know, what I'm but 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 I will say, I'm a part of I'm a part of. Nobody's gonna remember me when I was with the Titans or or the Bucks or the Raiders because I'm I'm a I'm a, I live, I'm from and live in a part of the country that college football is king, and when people say, "Man, you play the Florida," yeah, and then you tell them who you are, and they start googling like, "Oh, you play on the Spurrier?" Yes, two, two things they're gonna say. Did you play on the Spurrier? Yes. Did you play with Tim Tebow? No. no. You know that that those are the two questions oh, you're gonna funny. get. But but my brother got the fanboy Tim Tebow. When I when I got inducted to the Florida Georgia Hall of Fame, you get to bring somebody on the field with you because they recognize you. And uh, I was like, man, I got my I got my daughter here. I got my niece and nephews, mom, dad. I got my brother. Let my brother come down with me. Now my brother, Mister Cool, come collected, been in the military, Marine. You know nothing phases him. He saw Tim Tebow and lost. <laughs> Starstruck. <laughs> and I. I, but but I but I but I will say, Chris. People like yourself let me know, man, that I I must have did something worthwhile at a certain part of my athletic career to still be getting recognized because we all fade away. Every last one of us fade away. How you fade away is up to the viewer, not up to me, but to the view, but the people that watch me play, heard about me play, and I appreciate you. You know, you giving me this opportunity. It's always good to go back into the old vault, man, and talk about old times because. We sometimes bringing this stuff back up, it brings up memories and you realize just how blessed and fortunate you were to be a part of this thing called college football, this brand called Florida football. And I got a chance to live out of dream, man. I mean, to get, I mean, with me and Aaron Kenny used to be, sometimes they'll let us both start. They'll say out of the University of Florida at tight end, number 88, Aaron Kenny out of the University of Florida at tight end, number 84, bitch, that stuff. Yeah. They don't get no better than that, man. I got to, I got to represent the best 
knowledge in the land. I got to represent uh, the best league in the land. And, hey, man, I'm I'm going to keep on talking trash to these Georgia fans because I don't <laughs> care what they do on recruiting, and I don't care what Kirby Smart do. If Kirby Smart can't be the last team standing, you 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 sticking with that Georgia tradition. Y'all ain't done nothing since 1980. I was born in 82. So I've never seen y'all win anything in my lifetime. And I hope that continues to be the trend. <laughs> that is the case. And finally, I'm a foodie. You're originally from Georgia and spent time in Florida. What is the best meal in each state and where are you going? Oh God. Man. Where are we the going to grow up down? The best meal in Georgia. The best meal in Georgia to me. It's after church. After church, if you got you like some fried chicken or some fried fish. Nice. If you got the fried fish, you're going to want to have some fried, fried, fried fish and grits. And in Georgia, we put cheese and butter in our grits, not no freaking sugar. I don't even know where that comes from. You put, you know, so you get you some, and maybe some hush puppies. On the, if you got the fried chicken, you got the fried chicken with the, with the collard greens, maybe some mac and cheese. We eat mac and cheese year-round. We don't wait for Thanksgiving and Christmas like everybody else. We eat it year-round with some cornbread. In the, in, the state of, in the state of Florida, look, I would say go out there, go out there and get you, go out there and get you like a really – find a friend that got a boat. Let you go out there, go out there in the ocean. Not, not, not them swamp waters. Go out there in the, go out there in the ocean. And get you like get you like a nice flounder or something, a nice red fish, a nice sea bass, and go. let somebody cook it. Let somebody clean it, cook it right there in front of you, and you can eat whatever you want to with it. Because in in Florida, people still live off what they what they what, you know what they go out there and catch. This ain't this ain't well. What, what the people I know in Florida, they ain't throwing nothing back. If if you get in my boat, <laughs> you gonna get in my stomach. So. I would say go out there, find you a friend with a boat, a nice boat, go out there in the ocean, and whatever you pull up, go find you a chef that's willing to cook it up for you. I don't care. Whatever come up, whether it's lobster, whether it's shrimp, you know, whatever it is, because the thing about the state of Florida is, Florida, you got some of the best seafood in the world, and it's fresh. Yeah. And in Georgia, I right there in the ocean. In, in Georgia, in Georgia, get you something dead and deep and deep fried. Give you some nice, give you some nice sides with it, with some nice sweet tea. Sweet tea, not iced tea. Iced tea is just cold, dark, nasty water. That's that's nasty, dark water. Put you some sugar in it, and you should be good. Oh, I love it. And we've been speaking with Ben Troop, first team All American and All SEC tight end, plus SEC champion for the University of Florida. Thanks for joining me, Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.